Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Lift your hands all over this house. Magnify Jesus. Begin to thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his mercy. Come on, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, somebody ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to rejoice for his goodness, his mercy. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> well, go ahead and rejoice. Go ahead and rejoice. Go ahead and give him praise. Go ahead and give him glory. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Woo, glory. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, no, he's here today. If you believe it's your day, shout, it's my day for a blessing. Say, it's my day for a miracle in Jesus' name. Why don't you high five, tell them somebody and tell them it's yours too. Tell them it's yours too. It's yours too. Praise God. Glory to God. You're dismissed. If children. you want to, kids' church is happening. I'm not going to say, you may not have as much fun as we do, but we do have services for you. Bless the amen. Lord. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let me ask a question as we're dismissing the children. I want you to raise your hand. How many have driven at least an hour to be in the service? They lift your hand. Look at that. Look at all the hands. Wow, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Praise God. I want to find out who, who came from the farthest. How about two hours? Lift your hands. Two hours at least? Look at that. Hands, hands, hands. Three hours? Three, four hours? Five hours? Wow. You can't beat me. I came from Florida. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. We're so happy to have you in the house today. So great to see you. I love what the Bible says that uh, there's nothing greater. How good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. Can you feel the unity in the house today? Just as we were singing, I mean literally just as we were worshiping. And by the way, did you appreciate this worship team? Let them know you love them. Amen. 
just as we were singing and, and the worship, I could hear all of us. I mean, we were almost getting louder than the worship team. And I could feel that anointing just rising in this house, singing about the blood of Jesus, washes white as snow. How many thankful for the blood of Jesus? Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> when I was growing up, they used to sing those old, those old songs, and we'd get under the tent or we'd get in revival, and they'd start singing some of those songs. But somebody, some of them, I don't even know if they were real, if we just made them up as we went. But somebody used to get up and say, he didn't have to do it, but he did. Oh, he didn't have to do it, but he did. He laid the foundation, opened up the way, didn't have to do it, but he did. You know what's amazing about that? You could tell Jesus' flesh was even fighting him on going to the cross. He got in the garden. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But... He said, Lord, let me do your will. Let your will be done. How many are glad that he didn't have to do it, but he did? Glory to God. He didn't have to do it, but he did. I love it. The, the, the redemptive act of Christ, the blood of Jesus that's been shed. And I love that. We sang it in Spanish. We sang it in English. You know why? The blood is the same for all men. Doesn't matter where you go in the world. Doesn't matter what color your skin is, where you're at in the economic bracket. Doesn't matter your culture. The blood is the same. And as we've sung for years, it will never lose its power. Can you say amen? It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. <laughs> Ooh, I feel glory of God in this house today. It's the blood that gives us strength from day to day to day. Somebody say, it'll never lose its power. So thank you for being here. I want to just say uh, a thank you, big thank you, uh, to Pastors Cole and Amy because they're so generous and they've blessed us already so much. And, but also to commend you, what a phenomenal church this is where the presence of God's moving. Can you say amen? Let me just say, you should never, as you know, take for granted your church or what God's doing in the house because it's not the same everywhere, but you ought to thank God for leaders that are standing for the Holy Ghost and standing for the move of the Spirit. In a day when many have pulled back from the anointing and pulled back from the Holy Ghost, you ought to thank God you attend a church where we can still hear a word in tongues and interpretation or we can still have prophecy. We're not ashamed that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? And I'm thanking God because, see, when we yield to the Holy Spirit, see, it's not about what we want to do. It's about what he wants to do. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit, see, that's when we can receive a touch from the Lord. And I, my prayer is this. Every one of us are going to receive a touch before today comes to an end in Jesus' name. And I don't just say this to say it. I actually pray this, and I prayed it again today. I said, Lord, would you turn every prayer request into a praise report in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. A testimony of the goodness of God. Somebody say a testimony. Praise the Lord. Do we have any people that are deaf in the house today that are completely deaf? Raise your hand if you're completely I know you can't hear me, but we have somebody signing. Do we have anybody that's completely deaf? People that are online. Okay. I'm just making sure because I saw we had somebody signing. I didn't know if we had a group of deaf people in the church that required sign language. Amen. But I think online we have captions now. Thank God for auto-generated captions. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Well, the reason I say that is because he's a miracle-working God. And if you need a healing, he's a healer. Amen. How many are thankful he said, I'm the God that heals you? Aren't you glad that he's still a healer today? Didn't end when the last apostle died. It's still happening in 2021. Can you say amen? And so I'm excited. I have an expectancy for this service that God's going to do something great. And uh, I wanted you to look with me in Ephesians chapter 1. Now, something interesting that I've never done before, but the Lord spoke to me to do it today, so I'll just say it, and you do what the Holy Ghost tells you. Uh, he said, let the people know that I'm going to actually speak to them as you're preaching, as you're teaching, as you're ministering about what they're supposed to sow or give into the ministry of what we're doing. And so as I'm preaching, as I'm teaching, you just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to your heart. He'll speak to your spirit, and of course, at the end, we'll have something formal, but the Lord may speak to you to sow online while the ministry's happening, while God's doing it, and the Lord, aren't you glad the Lord can speak to every one of us individually? As my dad has preached for years, God doesn't have an unlisted phone number. You can call him for yourself. Isn't that great? That means that we don't have to be led by prophets or prophecy, that God can speak to us individually. You know, that's, that's a dangerous thing when people feel like they have to be led by a prophet or led by a prophecy because in the New Testament, we're led by the Spirit of God. Many times when a prophet comes to you, when you receive a word of prophecy, it should confirm in your spirit what the Holy Ghost has already told you. If somebody came to me and said, now the Lord showed me, Brother Ted, God's telling you today, you're supposed to sell everything here in the U.S. and go start a ministry in Pakistan, and that's where God's planning you from this year forward. If he never told me that, I ain't going. Amen. And see, many times people get into trouble because they follow something someone said in a hallway of a church that God never told them. See, God speaks to us. Can you say amen? My father first went to Bible school. He went to Zion Bible Institute up in Rhode Island and uh, at the time. Uh, and so he went up there, and one of the first things that happened to him is uh, a girl approached him on the campus. And my father, being very kind, he said, now there's nobody that's ugly, but he said she was very close. And she, <laughs> she came up to him, and she said, <laughs> he said, uh, she got right in his face, and she said, the Lord told me that you're supposed to marry me. You're supposed to be my husband. He said, oh, Lord Jesus, what do I say to this woman? He said, Lord, if this is really you speaking this, I'm changing religions. He said, I'm going to become a Buddhist from this day forward. He said, the Lord, he said, what do I say back to this girl? Because she's pulling the God card on me. You know, the Lord told me you're supposed to marry me. And uh, he said, the Lord gave him the word to speak. And he said, sister, he said, when the Lord tells me, I'll tell you. See, that's confirmation. And so he went on down to the basketball court and started to play ball with the guys at the, at the college. He said, but when he was coming back up from basketball, he said there was a dude he knew that was from New York that uh, had just gotten saved. I mean, like he was so newly saved. He didn't know anything about the moving the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And he could see through the courtyard, this dude is backed up against the wall. He's got a skin bald head. I mean, he's shaved his head to the skin. He's backed up against the wall, and that same girl's got him against the wall. <laughs> he, he said the sun was shining. You could see the beads of sweat going down this guy's head. And he could hear that girl's voice trailing across the courtyard. The Lord told me you're supposed to marry me. She was getting herself a husband. <laughs> He said, oh, Lord, he's standing up against the wall. And my dad, being ornery as he is, he said, hey, come here, come running. God didn't tell her anything. 
he took off running. He said he ran for the dormitory. He said he got inside the dorm, hit the wall, and slid down to the ground. He said, Brother Ted, I didn't know what in the world. He said, I don't know why the Lord would send me here to meet that girl. And he said, that's when my father got the revelation that everything that somebody said God said, he didn't really say. And in your life, you'll encounter hallway prophets, bathroom prophets, gas station prophets, Facebook prophets. There'll be people trying to give you a word. But let the Holy Ghost speak to you. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost speak to you. See, he'll lead you and he'll guide you into all truth, the Bible says. In fact, that's one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'll send you another comforter. And when he comes, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. Can you say amen? That's why I'm so thankful for the mighty written word of God. Because one of the things you can do is you can govern some of those things by does it line up with the written word of God? You know, there was a, a man that I went to, I went to his Bible school, Brother Kenneth Hagin. Many of you remember him before he went on to be with the Lord. And uh, he said he had this happen in his church and he had to correct it. He said there was a man that came to him and said, would you agree with me in prayer, Brother Hagin? He said, sure, what, would we, what are we praying about? He said, well, you see this woman over here in the church? He said, I want you to just agree with me that God would make her my wife, that we could be husband and wife. He said the only problem with the man's prayer was the man already had a wife and the woman had a husband. He said God's not going to answer that prayer for the word says what God has joined together let no man put asunder. God's not going to break up two marriages to start another one. You see what I mean? And so sometimes there are things that the flesh may try to do or even people do by a familiar spirit. It doesn't even line up with God's word. And see, we have to be led by the Holy Ghost for ourselves. We can hear the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, I can hear the Holy Spirit. See, when you make it personal like that, it goes from being theoretical to a personal experience. I don't just know God can speak to others. He speaks to me. Can you say amen? And see, that'll help you, especially as we're going through life in this year, last year, and that there are so many voices you could believe. So many reports you could believe, but when you decide to believe the report of the Lord, that says, no matter what I see in the natural, I believe the word. What I get in my spirit from the Holy Ghost, that's what I'm going to believe. What I see on the written pages of God's word, that's what I'm going to believe. I refuse to be put into a place of depression, anxiety, fear. I refuse to be held back by the report of this world. I refuse to be shut down by the report of this world. But I made up in my mind that if God said go forward, we're going forward. I came to encourage the church today. The church is not in trouble. Let me encourage you. I'm, if, if I was titling this message, you know what I would title it? I, I would call it this. The, not, not, not the state of the union, the state of the church. Because I'm going to give you a state of the church address today. And I'm going to start by telling you this. The church is not in trouble. Because let me just say it this way so that you have a, a deeper understanding. First question we would need to ask. You know the reason I'm saying this. I've heard preachers get up over the last year. We need to fast and pray. The church is in trouble. Church ain't in trouble. First of all, let me ask you a question. First question, very important. 
Who is big enough to put the church in trouble? Who's big enough to put the church in? You think the devil's big enough? You think demons are big enough? Let me ask you, you think governments are big enough? To put the church in, ain't nobody big enough to put the church in trouble. For Jesus already spoke and said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody shout, will not. Yeah, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So I came to encourage you first off and tell you that the church is not in trouble. Now I'm talking about the true church. I'm not talking about these entertainment centers that have no gospel being preached. I'm not talking about people that won't stand against sin and stand up for righteousness. I'm not talking about those that just want to have a comfortable atmosphere and sing a couple of songs and network and have a 50-minute service and go home with coffee breath. No, I'm talking about the people of God like at Central Assembly of God that will not compromise the mighty Holy Ghost and fire that stand for what's right and stand against what's wrong you're not in trouble today you're victorious by the power of the Holy Ghost shout amen Amen. so first off the church ain't in trouble you can't put the church in trouble if you think let let me go back first 300 years of the early Christian church filled with extreme persecution they stood against the church so hard that being a Christian carried a death penalty. That if they caught you, you know what they'd do? They'd feed you to lions in coliseums. They'd cut you in half. They'd crucify you. They'd cut your head off. They'd boil you in oil. You can go read Fox's Book of Martyrs and read a ways that they took out Christians all through those centuries until the peace of the church in the third century. But can I tell you something? That in a time when the church should have either plateaued or begun to shrink because of the extreme persecution, it grew like wildfire. I said it grew like wildfire. They couldn't stop the church. By the way, this is one of the ways that you know that the resurrection of Jesus was not a myth or a lie. I'm going to tell you how you know. Paul made the point in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, now you know that if Christ was not raised from the dead, then my preaching and your faith is in vain. He said, however, you do know that he was raised because he showed his resurrected body to over 500 of the brothers of his followers at one time. Now, even secular psychologists have said there's no way for 500 people to have the same delusion at the same time. That's what skeptics say. Well, they just missed him so bad that they all just imagined they saw him. Even secular psychologists say that's not possible for 500 people to have the same delusion. No, he's back. And here's the other way that you know he was back. Because they didn't just say that they saw him. That when they lived for him, they were under threat of death. And they said, all you have to do is denounce Christ and say he wasn't raised from the dead. And they said, we refuse to denounce him. I saw his risen body. He's not in a grave, but he is alive. And I'm willing to die for the fact you can kill me, kill my wife, kill my kids. But I refuse to go back on Jesus because he's not dead today. He's alive. 
Oh, shout, he's alive. And I'll tell you, if he's alive, he's coming soon. If he's alive, he's coming soon. And we have no historical record of anybody ever denying it that saw him. They only ever said, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. And for 300 years, they persecuted the church and told them, continue being a Christian, you're dead. You're dead. And you know what happened? They kept copying the scriptures, copying the scriptures, taking them all over the world. Hey, read this, read this, read this. Here's Paul's letters. Here's the gospels. Here's Hebrews. All over. Here's the revelation John got on the Isle of Patmos. And they copied them and copied them and copied them to the point it's the, it's the historical documents that we have the most of of any documents of antiquity. No other writing from history, none. Do we have more extant copies of than the New Testament documents? Nothing comes close to the New Testament. We have over 6,000 copies or fragments of the New Testament. They wrote it so much and it went to so many places in the world that they couldn't stop the Bible from spreading all over the earth. They couldn't stop churches from rising up. They couldn't stop things from growing. God was moving. Jesus was building his church and the gates of hell could not prevail. So if you think that somebody's going to pass some little law about singing in church and put the church in trouble. Buddy, you ought to read history because they couldn't cut the heads off enough. They couldn't saw them in half enough. They couldn't crucify them enough. They couldn't stop what God started on this earth. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Oh, yeah. The devil's a liar. See, it's all a picture. Wants you to think the church is in trouble. Why? Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you picture yourself, if you meditate upon the fact, if you believe the lie, we're in trouble, you'll act like you're in trouble. You'll live like you're in trouble. But I choose to look at what the Bible says. That there is nobody greater than our God. If God be for you, tell me who can be against you. What devil is going to stand against the Lord God Almighty? What demon? What government? What secret society? What handshake behind closed doors is going to stop what God said is coming to pass? His word is eternal. If his word goes out, it comes back full of manifestation. It never comes back empty. It won't come back void. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. His word is full of power. I mean, I can't, I can't believe that my generation, some of them, hold such a low view of the scriptures. This is God's holy word. This is the inerrant, inspired word of the living God. Ha. Huh. People have tried for centuries to prove it wrong. You can't prove it wrong. It's supernatural. You ever want to see your heart change? You ever see you want to be touched by something? Go on YouTube and pull up those videos of the underground churches in China getting boxes of Bibles for the first time. You ought to see the videos. If you want to weep tears. You know, we got like 20 of these laying around the house on different shelves and in the back of the car. And, and then these people never had one Bible. I watched. They took a box cutter and opened up that cardboard box of Bibles you talk about people swarming. They swarmed that box like it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and they were ants. 
I mean, whoo, they came in. Everybody wanted their own Bible in their own language. And I watched as they took it. I cried. I'm not ashamed to tell you. I did grow up on John Wayne, but I'm not too big to cry. I cried when he died in the shootest at the end. Sorry for the spoilers. And they pulled it out, and I watched as they hugged it. They hugged their Bible. I watched many of them weeping. You know what I saw them doing? They took their little black Bible that was shipped over from them. I watched people rubbing it on their face as they'd rub up against a newborn baby or a child. They couldn't believe they were holding their own copy of the Word of God. I watched some of them kiss their Bible. They couldn't believe they finally held a copy of God's Word in their own native language. They could now read the Bible for themselves. They had God's holy written Word for themselves. This is a Word that the devil could never stop. He wanted to shut it down. He wanted to close it down. He wanted us not to have it. But God said, I'll preserve my Word and it'll be forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away oh yes somebody shout I've got a word so we've got a savior and we've got a word and if he's alive he's coming back soon see that's why there's such an urgency in the church to do what we're called to do that's why there's an urgency to be saved and not to live your life without eternity in your mind People of there's people gambling with their future. You know, I've, I used to be a youth pastor for years. I was a youth pastor, and I'd have young people. I'd give altar calls. They go say, oh, "You know, Pastor Ted, I'm not saying I don't like church or don't want to go to church, but I got a lot of stuff I want to do before I kind of settle down. And you know, I got a lot of things I want to just kind of get out of me." And I said, "Buddy, you don't have time to gamble your future away." Say, well, when I'm 40, I'll get saved. And when I get married and have kids, they'll start coming to church and be faithful. You don't have time. That's why I don't know how we've gotten away from it in some circles. But when I was growing up, and I'm sure as pastor was growing up, we had this doctrine of the imminency of the return of Christ. We used to preach it. We used to hear it. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. We don't know when. Might be morning, night, or noon. But I know he's coming. We used to live and preach. You got to live like he's coming coming today. You got to live like he's coming tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next month, next year. I got to live like Jesus is coming now because he's coming like a thief in the night. And when he comes, they won't be expecting him, but we will. How many are ready for him to come? See, you're conflicted, aren't you? You're conflicted in your spirit because it's like, I wish he'd come today, but I also wish he'd wait because I got loved ones and friends that need to know him. You're conflicted. I got family members. I got loved ones. I got co-workers. I got friends. and fa- They need Jesus as a savior, but I want to see his face so bad. I wish I could see his face today. I wish he'd come back. I wish that trumpet would sound and he would descend from heaven with a commanding shout and the dead in Christ get up out of their grave and those of us alive and remain caught up to meet him in the air. But then at the same time, I wish he'd hold off. I wish he'd hold off because there's precious fruit of the earth that's not yet ready to see Jesus. I wish he'd come, but I wish he'd wait. It's a conflicting feeling in your spirit, isn't it? I wish he'd come, but I wish he'd wait. Because let me tell you, 
We know, just raise your hand if you have friends or loved ones that need Jesus, that are not yet, look at all the hands, that are not yet saved. And you love them, do you not? And if you love them, that means you want to see them come to Jesus. And so for you that are already saved, say, I wish he'd come tonight. Get us out of this crazy world we're living in. But at the same time, Lord, I want you to wait. I want my friends saved. I want my family saved. I want to be able to declare like they did in the Bible. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to be able to, how many would love to be able to just declare household salvation? Everybody in my lineage is going to serve him. Oh, my wife will serve the Lord. My husband. Must be hard, you know, when you have a marriage where either the husband doesn't serve the Lord or the wife doesn't serve the Lord. And maybe you're faithful. You know, we've got pastors that have had to deal with that for years. You know, either the wife comes every week faithful, but the husband won't come. He's not serving God. Or maybe sometimes, but rarely, it's the other way around. Some pastors handled it some way, some another. My, my father was preaching for one pastor in North Carolina, big old country guy. And his, uh, one of his parishioners came in one Sunday, and she was all bruised and swollen on the side of her face. And she had a husband that would beat her from time to time. But he'd come home drunk from work, and he never wanted her to go to church. And so he came home that night, and next morning she was getting ready for church. And he said, you're not going to church. She said, I'm going. I'm going to the house of God. And he hauled off and cracked that woman in the side of the face, bruised and cuts, and she came to church anyway, all bruised and swollen. And that pastor, big old country guy, he saw her come in and sit down and saw that face that her husband had smashed, and he turned the service over to his deacon, went and got in his car, drove over to that man's house, knocked on the door, that big old husband opened the door, and the pastor had a word for him. Bam! Hit him right in the jaw. Knocked him cold back into the wall. (laughs) He said, if you ever touch your wife again, I'll come back here and we'll finish this fight. There were some pastors that dealt with it one way, others dealt with it another way. I'm not sure how Paul would have done it, but that's one way to do it. (laughs) My father was preaching a revival, and a woman, same type of story. See, God will restore your family. I said, God will restore your family. Woman, come, she was coming every night, but same story. Her husband would beat her for coming to church and beat her all the time. And so they were holding a multi-night revival in the church. And here she comes in. Well, she was coming every night, but her husband ended up beating her. One of the police officers of the town, of the city, attended the church as well. My father's getting ready to take the platform to preach on one of those nights. And the police officer comes in the back in his full uh, uniform. And he's got the woman in handcuffs. And she's covered in blood. And she had had enough of her husband beating her. And she was on her way to church. He beat her again. She pulled a butcher's knife off the counter and stabbed him like nine times in the stomach and chest. And he's on his way to the ICU. And she's on her way to jail. But the police officer that made the arrest knew her from church. He said, well, I'm going to bring you by the house of God so Brother Shuttlesworth can pray for you. And so he stopped the cruiser outside the church and brought her in. She's in the back covered in her husband's blood. And so he comes back. My father prays for her, prays that God would not only uh, help her, but that God would touch her husband. You know, pray for the husband. And so when he went, they took her off. They booked her in the prison, booked her at jail. She's down there. And then the report came back. This is so wonderful. The report came back because they were both back in service the next night, the husband and the wife. 
They said, what is this testimony? They took him to the hospital. And when they took the scissors and cut up his bloody shirt where she'd stabbed him, they saw all the knife marks in his shirt, puncturing the shirt. But when they cut the shirt off and washed the blood, there wasn't one puncture mark in his body. God had supernaturally healed him on the way to the hospital. He refused to press charges against his wife. They let him out of the hospital, let her out of prison. They came to the revival the next night and he gave his heart to the Lord and got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, there's nothing your God cannot do. There's nothing your God cannot do. There's nothing your God cannot do. If you're believing for your family, if you're believing for your children, get ready. The Holy Ghost is working on your behalf. Somebody shout amen. God is working on your behalf. You know, God's never done working. He's never done working. Jesus said, you know, if you thought it was done working after creation, Jesus said in the Gospels, up until now, my father's been working, and I am working. Aren't you glad he never stops working? We sing that song, I don't know, maybe you sing it here, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. But we break it down, we sing that part. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. Because you never stop. You never stop working. Oh, hallelujah. He's a God that's working while you're sleeping. He's working while you're at work. He's working while you're at home making dinner for the children. He's working while you're driving. He's working while you're doing your taxes. He's working when you're working out. He's working all the time. He never stops. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. You know what's powerful is God works so often that he works even through the night. And that if he'll work through the night, that means you can expect new things in the morning. The Bible said his mercies are new every morning. Because he's working through the night. Woo! Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the, the morning. Because he's working in the night. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 6, though the outward man is perishing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. When you wake up, you got new mercies. You got new faithfulness. You got new joy. And you got a new spirit man. Every day he renews your inner man. Renews your inner man. God's working in the night so you can be blessed in the morning. He said, give us this day our daily bread. That means God's got some new bread for you every single day. One of the, see, he'll carb you up. God will carb you up. He'll throw carbs at you left and right from heaven. Carbohydrate blessing, carbohydrate keto tomorrow. Huh? God get isn't that interesting? He'll give you fresh bread. Jesus is the bread that has come down from heaven. Hallelujah. But I want you to see this. There's a reason. Every single morning, there's something new from God. Give us, notice he didn't teach him to pray. Give us this month, our monthly bread. Give us this year, our yearly bread. There's daily bread. Somebody lift a hand and say, thank you, Lord, for daily bread. Every day he's got something for you. I said every day he's got something for you. Every day he's got something for you. I see God's got a plan to bless you. Can you learn how to dream in the dark, to believe him in the dark? 
When it looks the darkest, he's still working. He's still moving. I read the story in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were in the inner dungeon. They didn't just put them in prison. They put them in the inner dungeon. Like We've heard about these guys. They get out of jail easy. So we're, we're putting them in the inner dungeon. And so they're in there. But I love what the Bible said. And at midnight. Somebody say midnight. When it's dark. Now imagine this. Those other prisoners probably been beaten. They were in shackles. They're in their prison cells. They were probably trying to get some sleep. Other prisoners trying to get some sleep. But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And notice this. It wasn't some little kumbaya by the fire with an acoustic guitar praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise your name. It wasn't one of those. It was so boisterous. It was so vigorous that the prisoners all heard them. They were praising loud. They were praying loud. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't have to do it, but he did. They were praising like that. Oh, yeah. Giving God glory. Giving God praise. When it looked the darkest. I said, when it looked the darkest. See, here's what I want to get into your spirit. You don't have to wait until the sun comes up to believe that your new season is here. Because I want to give you a word. Every new day starts at midnight. It doesn't start at sunrise. It doesn't start when you get out of the bed. It doesn't start when you hit the snooze button. Every new day starts at midnight. When it looks dark, when it looks like things aren't going to happen, it's a new season. You ought to praise him when it looks dark. Oh, yeah. And at midnight, somebody shout midnight. Looks the darkest. I'm going to praise him anyway. I'm going to shout. I'm going to give God glory. Looks dark. It don't matter what it looks like. I know what just happened. <laughs> the calendar just turned. It's a new day. I'm giving him praise. Sun hadn't even come up yet, but I'm giving him praise. Because I know what's about to happen. And look at this. And the prisoners were listening to them. Go on to the next verse, verse 26. Look at this. And suddenly, <laughs> God will do something quick. It doesn't take God a long time to work. He created the whole world we see in six days. How long do you think it'll take for your miracle? Everything you see, six days, rested on the seventh. Just to let you know, didn't even need the extra day. <laughs> How long do you think it'll take God to work on your behalf? He don't need long. Do you know, I've actually, this is a sad thing. It hurts my heart. People will come to me in a prayer line. I'll say, uh, what do you want God to do for you? And you know what they'll say? Oh, don't pray for me, brother. There's many others here with much greater needs than I have. I just, you know, pray for greater strength to bear what I have. And I say, hold on, let me, let me break this down. I used to just say, uh, and let them go on through. But I said, now, now I got a little analogy for you. Hold on, let me give you a little heads up. AT&T can route like six billion texts a day and they get to the right phones, let alone social media messages and calls, let alone all that stuff, just the text messages. They can route six billion, I don't even know how many it is, it's billions. And you think God is put off by one extra prayer? 
He's God. He, let me just, just, I know for those of you that can't believe this, he's greater than AT&T. He's greater. And they can do all that and they're not bogged down. I don't know how we're going to deliver these text messages. No, they just deliver them. And you think one extra prayer coming up, you think you're stacking papers up on God's desk and he's furiously trying to answer all his fan mail. Like another one, are you serious? Jesus, when are you going to help? Angels! You think that he's just got stacks piling up on his desk and he's swamped at work and he can't get any time off and he wishes he could go on vacation but he's working overtime because he can't get all the prayers answered. No, you serve the all-sufficient God. He's El Shaddai. He's the many-breasted one. You're not adding to his plate. He's looking to bless you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said he's looking to bless you. He's looking to bless you. He's looking to help you. Woo! He's looking to deliver you. He's looking to help your family. He's looking to touch your mind, bless your body. Oh, hallelujah, touch your children. Yes! And he's able. Now look at this. The Bible says, and suddenly, doesn't take God long, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now, this is an interesting part to me. The only people praising were Paul and Silas. Only people praying was Paul and Silas. But immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bonds. Some of y'all don't even realize you're coming into church and the devil's trying to weigh you down so you don't give God praise and so you don't lift up a shout and you don't get out of your seat and dance. But see, they go, I'm all right. I'm okay. Everything's going good for me. If you could just see for a moment in the spirit, you're not praising for you. You're praising for somebody else. You're believing God for somebody else. I'm not, I don't have chains holding me. I'm praising somebody else's chains off. I'm praising somebody else's door open. I'm praising it off my kids. I'm praising it off my grandkids. I'm praising it off my loved one. Oh, I'm praising God till every door comes open, till every chain comes off. It's time to give him all the praise. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, ask for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Oh, it might look dark now, but get ready. The sun's coming up, baby. I said the sun's coming up, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drug addictions have to be broken. Alcohol addictions are being broken. Nicotine addictions broken. Pornography addictions broken. Bad relationships being cut off. Your kids won't have to go through what you went through. Your grandkids won't deal with what you had to go through. What you got free from, they'll be free from. Somebody ought to give him glory. Somebody ought to give him praise because their story will be different than what your story was. Hey, that's the power of generational blessing. You know, God said to David, he said, Lord, let me build you a house. He said, you can't, you've shed too much blood. 
but I'll let your son build it. And look at this. He said, because you fought and won for your whole life, now your son will have peace through his entire reign. The stuff you've defeated by faith will stay off your children. <laughs> hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Oh, yeah, maybe you had to get free. Maybe it ran through your family. Maybe you had stuff that went back generations. Well, my family's never had that. We've never, we've never had anybody go to college in my family. Cancer runs through my family. Diabetes runs through my family. Maybe it did till it got to you. But you came into the blood of Jesus. You came into the power of God. You cut that thing off by the anointing. And now it won't touch your kids. It won't touch your grandkids. It's over. Somebody shout, it's over. It's over, baby. No more. Somebody shout, no more. It ain't touching my children. It ain't touching my grandchildren. It ain't coming on them. And don't say, well, look around the world. It's happening to everybody. Their story ain't my story. I said, their story's not my story. Their story's not your story. Your story's gonna be different by faith. I said, your story's gonna be different by faith. God has a way to make a distinction between his people and everybody else. Let me give you a thought that'll encourage you here. God didn't have to take them out of Egypt before he protected them. He didn't have to take them somewhere safe while the plagues hit the Egyptians. He said, stay right there in Egypt. In fact, look at God. He said, you know what I'm gonna do? Just because I'm so sick of Pharaoh holding my people in slavery for all these years, I'm gonna let you go into his court, tell him let, let you go, and then I will personally harden his heart so I can slap him around a little bit more. Read it for yourself. He said, I will harden his heart. I'll keep it. I'll make him say no to you just so I can hit him with another one. Then I'll hit him. With, if I let him let you go too soon, I wouldn't get to beat up on him. See, God wasn't done just by afflicting them with a plague. He wanted to bring down the whole system in Egypt. It was the metropolis of the day. It was the trade route and capital of the day. Notice what some of the plagues did. Ate all their crops so they had no crops. Destroyed their Nile River. So they were so proud of their Nile River. He said, I'll fill it up with blood. It's the blood of my children that you've been harassing for all these years. I'll eat up your crops. I'll destroy your nation. And I'll make all your gold and silver come into the hands of my children. Then I'll pull them out. God didn't have to make them leave before he did that. He said, stay right where you are. Now notice what Moses told him. Final plague's coming. The death angel coming from heaven. He said, but here's what I want you to do. Take this blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost of your home. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and go somewhere else. <laughs> Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. He said, now for Egypt, it's going to be the most chaotic day or night that they've ever had in the history of their nation. There'll be so much weeping, wailing, and moaning as the firstborn of every house dies and the firstborn of the livestock dead. He said, but among you, it will be so peaceful. 
that not even a dog will bark. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Somebody shout, but among us. Shout, among us. It'll be peaceful. You know what that means? It means that God can make a distinction between you and the world. God can make a distinction between you and the world. And he doesn't have to take you to some little uh, uh, compound or some kind of, uh, you know, that people think, well, we just need to have our own little commune. You don't need a commune. You can live in your neighborhood. You can live in your house. You can work on your job. You can attend your school and still not look like everybody else. And the death angel walked through town, and every time he came to a house where he saw the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, he just kept on walking and went somewhere else. When I was growing up in church, we used to sing a song. When I see the blood, oh, when I see the blood, oh, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. Anybody remember that song? When I see the blood, when I see the blood, oh, when I see the blood, I will pass, I will pass over you. And see, it's a beautiful song, but it's a truth that makes the devil mad. That when you've got a blood covenant with Jesus Christ, all his access is cut off by the power of the Holy Ghost. I was preaching with a pastor friend of mine from uh, uh, the Assembly of God Church in Ohio. And he said, you know, I like on Wednesday nights to teach my people from the Hebrew language because it's so deep and interesting. He said, I like to, I did a whole, he did a whole series on just the Hebrew alphabet. And he said, one of the things that's interesting about the Hebrew alphabet is every letter also has a word definition and a meaning to it just beside the letter. And he said, if you've ever seen with Jewish people, some of them will wear a chain around their neck and you'll see that, uh, that they have a charm on there that looks almost like a box with no bottom and a little lilt at the top. That's the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, hate. If I said that right, it's like a hairball. It's hate. That's how you say it. And he said, it's interesting when we got to that one. He said that that letter actually means two things. It means life and new beginnings. Life and new beginnings. He said, that's why they wear it. It's a sign of life that they wear on their necklace. And he said, it was interesting to me because he said, I looked at that, uh, that letter, the, the shape that it was in. He said, and then I got this understanding that when they dipped the hyssop into the bowl of the blood of the lamb and once they painted it on their doorpost, he said they would have literally, without even knowing it, painted that letter on their house so that when the death angel walked by, he would have saw life and new beginnings. I can't touch them with death because they got life on their house. I can't touch them with death. They got life on their house. Can't touch them with death. They got life on their house. Woo, glory to God. And the Lord spoke to me about this when I was praying. He said, now if the blood of a natural lamb could keep a supernatural being out of the house, how much more can the blood of an eternal lamb, Jesus Christ, who is the lamb of God, who was slain for the sins of the world, how much more can his blood keep every wicked thing away from your children, away from your house, and away from your body? You serve a God that's able... Shout amen. I want you to lift your hands all over this house. I'm telling you, I feel the anointing. Musicians come or just my brother on the keyboard, if you would. 
Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord is here. And God's got a plan to bless his children. He's got a plan to bless his church. You know, what's interesting is many, many men of God that I've talked to, and they don't even talk to each other about this necessarily, have been saying the same thing. In 2021, the church is going to rise. In 2021, the church is going to rise. Our pastor at our home church, he had a prophetic word on New Year's Eve. He said it's a year that the church will rise. Well, he didn't even know. Later on, we heard Brother Copeland saying the same thing. The church is going to rise. I've talked to like four other preachers. The Lord spoke to me. The church is going to rise in 2021. It's the year for the church to be fruitful like we never have been, to make an impact like we never have. And that means we're going to have to have the strength of God to do what he's called us to do. We're going to have to have the anointing. We're going to have to walk by faith and not by sight. As Zechariah prophesied, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. Somebody ought to take a minute and just thank him that he has plans to bless you. He has plans to help you. He has plans to deliver you. He has plans to keep your family from danger, to bless your children, to lift them up head and shoulders above the rest, to bless your grandkids. This is your time. <laughs> this is your season. Don't wait. Don't wait. You know, one of the things that irritated me, I was going through social media, and I saw we had just crossed over into 2021. I mean, just weeks, within weeks. And things didn't look, weren't, weren't looking up. And I saw Christian people posting, I'm ready for 2022. You're going to cancel a whole year because you're looking at the natural realm instead of looking at the spirit. You're going to give up and throw in the towel on a whole. We hadn't even come out of the first weeks of January. And people were saying, give me 2022. Listen, I'm in 2021 and I'm going to have my victory and I'm going to have my breakthrough. I'm going to have my blessing. I'm going to see my victory. Hallelujah. The devil's already defeated. And so I'm just telling you, lift your hands and begin to thank God. Because God's going to do big things through us this year. Big things through us. Big things through us. Big things through us. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands, my sister right here. The anointing of God's upon you. God's going to bless your family who you've been praying for. You've been asking God to touch, touch, touch your family. And God said, I've not only heard your prayers, but I am going to bless and touch your family. You're going to get to the end of this year and turn around and not even recognize what everything looks like. It'll look so good. For God has a plan to turn every situation around supernaturally, excuse me, sorry, and by his power. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost upon you today. Hallelujah. Fuego de Dios. The fire of God is upon you today and turning it around. Turning it around. Turning it around. This young lady here, can I pray for you? Yes, come on. Come here. Excuse me, I'm coming through again. My big clod hoppers. Thank you, Lord. Come, please, if you would. Lift your hands all over the house. Lift your hands. Just this last year, the enemy tried his best to put that spirit of heaviness upon you. Felt like things were so heavy and things like were, were just so weighing down on you. You didn't quite know what to do at certain times. But the Lord says from this day, 
that heaviness is lifted off your shoulders and a peace like you've never known joy like you've never known <laughs> from this day forward the anointing of joy comes upon you the anointing of peace comes upon you receive it by the fire of the Holy Ghost from this day you'll never be the same in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name oh thank him thank him thank him thank him thank him glory 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 to the most high God these two can I pray for you both please come both of you the anointing of God is in this house lift your hands to the Lord both of you God has set you apart for his purpose there's a hunger in both of you to, to do great things for God to do great things for the Lord I tell you this God's drawing people to you in 2021 the doors there'll be no hear what I'm saying there'll be no shortage of doors opening for you it will be will you run through the doors will you go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do and this day God puts a new fire and boldness because it's going to take a boldness because you're going to say some things that are strong in the Holy Ghost but I tell you because I already saw it in the Holy Ghost hear what I'm saying there will be people whose lives are saved because you carry the anointing I see already three, four, five young ladies right now that God's going to use you to touch that are suicidal and are on the verge of taking their own life, but God's sending them to you and you to them, and the fire that's upon you is going to take that suicidal spirit and cast it off of them from this day forward. Put your hands on your belly. Spirit of man is there. Fire of the Holy Ghost. From this day, be empowered to do what the Lord has called you to do. Amen. Thank him. He's so good. He is good. God is good. God is good. <laughs> oh, Lord, we thank you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we praise you. I mean, come on. Open your mouth. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. See, that's what we don't, we don't have to clap. We're not, we're not being applauding entertainment. God's moving in our midst. And when he does, we give him glory. We give him thanks. We give him praise. He's so good. Ha, 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 ha. sebrabando Amen. Amen. Receive it. Fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' name. Ha, ha, ha. Fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, Jesus is coming soon. There's people aren't even ready to see him when he comes, but he's coming soon. I'll tell you in a moment, we're going we're gonna to give you opportunity. If you're not serving the Lord, today's the day to give your heart to Jesus because he's coming very soon. Coming very soon. Glory to God. Is this my brother that plays the clarinet right here? Stand on your feet. I saw the anointing come upon you in the first service when you began to you weren't playing on it. You were prophesying on that clarinet. And I'll tell you this. In this new year, <laughs> do you know what the Bible says? That when the prophet got ready to prophesy, he called for the minstrel to play. And the Bible says and when the minstrel played, the prophets prophesied. That prophetic anointing of God coming upon you in a new measure in this year. And as you play, 
And as you prophesy on that instrument, people will be touched and changed. Let me give it to you this way. Hear this. The Bible says, and when David played upon the harp, the evil spirit that troubled Saul's mind had to leave him. There's power in our praise. I tell you, as you play in this new year, that same anointing will be manifested for those that are troubled even in their mind, in their spirit. As you play, as you play by the Holy Ghost, <laughs> freedom is coming. <laughs> freedom. Oh, <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. See, America needs revival right now. America needs revival right now. The enemy has tried his hardest to stop what God is doing. But you can't stop the mighty move of the Holy Ghost. You can't stop what God wants to do. The devil's not big enough. He's not strong enough. He doesn't have power. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. And I'm just telling you right now, we're filled with the power of God. The body of Christ filled with the power. Leela, good to see it. Filled with the power of God. Lift those hands one more time. I'm just telling you. God's presence is in this house. His goodness, his mercy. Have a double portion today. <laughs> another, another, another touch. This is your wife, yes? She's receiving a double portion. Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you thankful he's good? We serve a good God. Knows how to give good gifts to those that ask him. Amen. Let me sneak in here behind you. Glory to God. Stand on your feet one more time. Miss Cassandra, I just wanted to tell you that this is going to be such a life-changing year for you. For God is going to bless you and you're going to increase not only in your knowledge of God and your understanding of his spirit, but to even see his blessings manifested in your life. It's going to be like nothing you've ever seen. So much joy is coming upon you as you see God bless you. Do you know the Bible says, and Jesus said this, he said, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So one of the things that happens when your prayers are answered is new joy comes upon your life. And God will answer your prayers. Hallelujah. He gives good gifts to those that ask him because he's a loving heavenly father. And in this new year, as the blessings of God overtake you, as you seek him, amen, new joy like you've never had. See where the enemy tried to leave a gap, tried to make you feel like it's over and you'll never be as happy as you once were and that there's a, that's a lie from the devil because your joy is getting greater, greater, greater. Your strength is getting greater, greater, greater. And your impact, you're going to make an impact on your generation. Not to lift your hands to the Lord who loves you. From this day, I loose it by the power of God. Be filled with the mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost. 
I pray you're filled with the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and Lord, let her see quick answers to prayer. Our, as we prayed in the first service, Lord, every roadblock is moved out of her way. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in the mighty name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you. I even see this by the Holy Ghost. There were even some monies that were held back from you that should have come into your hand. And they were held, it looks almost like red tape or something held back the money. And you were trying to work even legally to get what was owed to you, but they tried to hold it back from you. I tell you, the Lord says it's released to you today in Jesus' name. By the power of God, be blessed and receive it. <laughs> be blessed and receive it. Glory to God. Lift those hands one more moment. Aren't you thankful for his goodness? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Our sister that was on the guitar and singing, come, before you go up, I'm going to lay hands on you. What a great job you've done all day. What an anointing that's on your life. The Lord's using you, but it's getting greater and greater. <laughs> I saw that breakthrough anointing come on you today while you were praising, and it's only going to increase, increase, increase. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. Get ready. Get ready. For your hands will play, your voice, you'll sing with the breakthrough anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I tell you, it's getting ready to change. Things are getting ready to change for the better forever. Go get it. I want you guys to do, and the band come back if you want to, but we're going to praise in a minute with that. I love that, that one refrain. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. Turning. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come here. That's your story. Amen? Lift your hands. He's turning it for your good. Are you Amber Rose? I know because you have a necklace that says Amber Rose. That's not a word of knowledge. Hallelujah. <laughs> Guys at the men's conference were freaking out. I am Daryl. Yeah, you have a name tag on. Hallelujah. <laughs> but Amber Rose, I tell you, that's going to be your story. It's all turning for your good. For I tell, and I, we, Amber, we don't, we don't know each other, do we? No. We're not, we, we don't talk, we're not friends, we're, you're meeting me here. But I want to tell you this, the devil did have a plan in place to destroy your life, is that not right? Yes. And he, he had a plan to fully take you out. It looked like it was curtains for you. But God did what we're getting ready to sing. He turned it all around. And now you're headed in the opposite direction, full of the power of God. I came to encourage you today, tell you it's getting ready to get a whole lot better than it even is now. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. And I'll tell you this. Every wicked thing that the devil sent to take you out, it is destroyed by the fire of the Holy Ghost. I give you this. I give you this. I hear the Lord just saying this. No more chains. Everything. Now listen. Here, here's an interesting, and this is a word for you. This will help you. I love you. Man, this is going to help you so much. I was reading John chapter 11, and the Bible says Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb, and he said, roll away the stone. They didn't want to do it because he said he stinks at this point. Jesus doesn't care how bad your situation stinks. He does not care. That's why he's your Savior. He don't care where you've been, what you've done. All he cares about is that you come in home. Now hear this, 
this is a, a point that will help you, Amber Rose, is that once they rolled the stone away, he said, now Lazarus, come forth. And a dead man came out of the tomb. We sang it. I came out of the grave. Now watch this, though. When he came out, he was still wrapped up in grave clothes. Here's where the enemy tries to win is that he says, well, yeah, they're, they're alive, but I'm going to keep them tangled up in grave clothes. And there's people that come into the house of God every week. They hop in and they hop out. Wrapped in grave clothes and they hop back home. They're alive. They're on their way to heaven, but they're still bound up in what they used to have. But I hear the Lord today say, Amber, everything that tried to bind you from the past, no more chains. Everything. It's like I see the Lord by the sword of the Spirit cuts off every chain. Cuts off every chain. Nothing shall bind you. Nothing shall hinder you. From this day, you are set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. And nothing that hindered you before will hinder you anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus, fire of the Holy Ghost come upon her today. Be free in Jesus' name. Oh, yes. Free by the power of God. Now put both hands on your belly. That's where the spirit of man is. Filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Filled from this day forward. You'll never be the same. Somebody lift your hands with her and thank God. He's a God that changes stories. Turns them around. Turns them around. Turns them around. Turns them around. <laughs> Somebody do just like this. He's turning it around. He's turning it around. He's turning it around. He's turning it around. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Justin, lift your hands right where you're standing, Justin. But thank you for your obedience. It's going to be a year of increase for you. God's hand of increase is upon your life. It's upon your, what well, I call it a ministry, because what you're doing is a ministry. It's not a business, it's a ministry. It's pushing the kingdom of God forward. And because it is, and you've done it as under the Lord, God's going to increase your business in this year. And I'll tell you, you're going to see so much financial increase, it'll blow other people's mind. Won't blow your mind because you got faith to receive it. But it'll blow other people. They'll look and say, how in the world that come to be? How'd that happen? You'll have contracts come to you. People wonder, how'd you get connected with them? How'd you get that hookup? How'd you get that connection? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. The Bible says Jesus holds in his hand the key of David. And when he opens doors, no man can shut them. And when he shuts doors, no man can open them. And I'm telling you, if you're believing with me for that kind of a blessing, lift those hands and thank God. God's opening doors that no man can shut, and he's shutting doors that no man can open. It's going to be a year of God's blessing. Hallelujah. So receive it. Fresh fire of the Holy Ghost. Doors open. Doors open. Doors open. <laughs> Increase come. Increase come. By the power of God. Somebody lift your hands. Would you sing it one time? You take, you take. Like audibly, sing it audibly so that we can hear you sing it. Not in your mind. 
glory. I want you to sing it. You take what the enemy meant for evil. You take what the enemy meant for evil. And you turn it for has a plan to use you mightily. Huh. He's going to open doors for you. Supernaturally. You'll be blown away. But he's putting a word in your mouth and a fire in your belly. The devil will not be able to stop you. He'll not be able to stop you. And you'll never lack for any good thing. For the Lord is working with you. Signs will follow in Jesus' name. Don't ever doubt it. Signs will follow. Doors will open. And the provision will come. Speak by faith and speak boldly the word of God. And I'm telling you, God's going to use you in a mighty way. Every hand lifted. The presence of the Lord is in this house. Hear what I'm saying. This is so important. You can see the presence of God is moving. We could stay here all day. But God's touching people. And with every head bowed, I want you to hear me. This is so vital right now. If you're in this house and you're not ready for heaven, now's the time to get ready. Now's the time to know that your life is right before God, that your sins are all forgiven, that when Jesus comes, you can call him Savior and you can call him Lord. Don't miss your moment as Jesus prepares. You know, I can see it. It's almost like in heaven. That angel's just waiting with that trumpet. 
He wants to announce the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But God is saying, wait one more moment for the precious fruit of the earth. God loves you so much that he's given you more time. And today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. If you're in this church, just hear me. I love you. God didn't send his son to condemn you, but so that through him you could have life. He's calling you. Come home. Come home. The Bible says this faith comes by hearing. That's why I've been preaching the gospel today. You feel that. You know in your spirit. My life, there are things in my life that are displeasing to God. They're wrong. They'll keep me out of heaven. You can know today that you're saved. You can know that you're ready to see Jesus when he comes. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in this church, you say, that's me. I need to pray that prayer with you today, preacher. I need to know that I'm ready for Jesus and ready for heaven. Right where you're standing, lift your hand and hold it high and don't be ashamed. Lift it and hold it high. Who are you? You need to pray this prayer. Yes, yes, yes. Who else? Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Glory to God. I see you in the back as well. Many believers here this morning. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says God made it this easy. He said if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead you shall be saved and so we pray not what we call the sinner's prayer I call it the prayer of salvation because from this moment a new life is beginning if any man be in Christ he's a new creature oh hallelujah every head bowed I want you all to pray this with me it's a prayer of salvation before we do anything else say this Father thank you for sending your son to die for me. Today I ask you, forgive me of my sin and make me new. Give me power to live for you with all my heart. I confess Jesus Christ is Lord of all. I believe that you raised him from the dead. From this day forward, You've made me your child. I'm a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. Now listen to me. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, do not leave this house without talking to this pastor, one of these ushers. We want to help you take next steps. But I want you to hear this. The Lord spoke to me. There's people, you've had the enemy truly attack you through this last year. Some of you felt like giving up. The Lord said, today, I'm imparting a new strength, a new joy, and a new anointing into my people. And I'm just telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost. And this is how we're going to end in just a moment. I'm going to lay my hands on anybody that wants me to lay my hands upon them and pray the prayer of faith over you. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift 
to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here in taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.